Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good undefeated Monday morning, Birds fans. You got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Yes, let us start with undefeated. Uh, Johnny and I are going to, for the next two hours and four days after that, uh, talking all the way up till I trip to L.A. for next week, we will nitpick, we will break down, we will point out things that the Eagles did not do well and or should be worried about going forward. But we always have to come back to 4-0 and is 4-0, and okay? There's only two teams in the NFL that have started that way. It's the Eagles and the Niners, and no one else is undefeated. So remember that. That, that, that should be the number one theme all week long. They're undefeated. But there were a couple things that they could have done better yesterday. And yes, we'll emphasize both the positive and the negative. Johnny Mack, when you walked out of Lincoln Financial Field after all your post-game work and being on the Jacob Media post-game show and everything you had to get done, got in the car to head back over to South Jersey, what was the thing that uh, was foremost in your mind? Uh, Jake Elliott's really good. Uh, that's, that's a good one. That's number one. Um yeah, that guy. I watched him kick a 72-yard field goal in practice this week. 72? Uh, 72, yeah. Now, it was, it was uh, you know, with a, and I explained this to people, it was a tee. He was off by himself. Uh, there's no rush. There's no holder. There's no, right. but he banged one through. For, <laughs> that's pretty stinking impressive, Jody. Any, any, any way you look at it. So, I mean, and, he's. And give me the measurables on Jake. Well, yeah, uh, Jake's not big. Uh, I don't have him in front of me, but five, yeah, five, five eleven. And I, if he, I, he can't imagine he's five eleven, okay. maybe one eighty. But uh, yeah, 
packs a lot of power in that little body. Mm-hmm. Braden Mann's very small too, by the way. Yeah, he's um, a little guy, certainly compared to Sippus. Yeah, uh, sir, five nine one sixty seven is is uh, Jake Elliott. Yeah, it's pretty. He's impressive. not. He's not one hundred and seventy pounds. Pretty impressive what what kind of power he can generate. Uh, to the point, you know, you're kicking a 54 yard. It's you know, it's around the NFL as a whole too. I mean, these kickers have gotten so good and so. Back in the day, mm-hmm. that used to be a big deal. Now I'm like, he's walking up there. All right, I'm I'm like game over pretty yep. much, and and right down the middle. So that's number one, Jake Elliott. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was sloppy, and I and. and the old cliche cliches tend to be cliches for a reason. And one of them is division games tend to be closer than maybe you might expect. And that uh, comes true a lot of the times. And, and, and certainly I think Sam Howell played very well. I think they made the overcorrection after the bad game and, and Buffalo. So I want to give him credit as well. I think he, he did a really good job uh, for the most part. Uh, you know, young quarterback, but, uh, and then the Eagles made some questionable decisions and, you know, whether it's scoring too soon, look, if you're playing Patrick Mahomes, I'll listen to the scoring too soon stuff a little bit more. Um, when you try to manipulate the game, I think the bigger issue there was AJ getting the penalty for taunting, um, which gave essentially, uh, Washington, I believe, returned it to the 36. So they got 11 more yards than they should have right. uh, on on a typical touchback. Um, and that started things. And then ultimately, ironically, I think the touchdown was 10 yards. So, you know, on the final play of the game. So that was a big impact. You know, you got to tighten up on that kind of stuff. But A.J. took responsibility. You can't do that. Um, taunting, he and Forbes were going back and forth pretty much the whole game, you know, Ole Miss guy versus Mississippi State guy, maybe that played into it, but uh, can't do that stuff, especially uh, a veteran player. And then, yeah, Reed Blankenship in overtime. You know, Washington won the toss. He, uh, they, they ran a play, got nothing on first down. Then they ran a nice little crossing pattern. You could see that Eric the Enemy influence from Kansas City with this team, by the way. A lot of crossing patterns. Looked like it was going to develop, and Reed just shoots in, stops it for a four- or five-yard gain, whatever it was. Um, and, he, and he got hurt. He got banged up on the play. Stayed in, and I, I don't know. You got a better luck. I still got to watch because it's, you know um, – I don't know if McLaurin got in. I don't know if that was a primetime game. They, you have more camera angles. It, Marcus Mariota, I know, had his best play of the season, getting his head in the way of the one angle. Um, good job from Marcus. But, boy, you know, it's funny because I always say the same thing with Devontae, with good receivers. Devontae always gets his feet in. I don't know how, but he always gets his to- toes in. I, same thing when McLaurin caught that. I said, oh, that's Terry McLaurin. I mean, let's let's watch this again. And whether he landed on Reed's hand or wrist or whatever, the fact that he was there to make it more difficult, if he wasn't there, he was getting in easily. Probably was, yeah. Bro, 
Um, nice catch, and who knows what happens from there. So those are my main takeaways. Reed Blankenship mm. overtime, and obviously Jake. How, how you know? And I know people are going to nitpick about the coaching, but often. Boy, man, people get so in the weeds with X's and O's and third and 11 and, you know, like they're the first team in the history of the world to run a draw play on third and 11. Nick Sirianni's got this team. I would say managing people is a big part of the job. They're 4-0, and as you mentioned. I'm glad you started with that, Jody. There's 32 teams in this league. We're down to two that are 4-0. and Everybody, who was the flavor of the week last week coming off 70 points? The Miami Dolphins. Oh, Miami this, Miami. They get blitzed by four touchdowns. The first two weeks, it was Dallas. And every how good is Dallas? And I was in that category. Boy, they look really good. They look really good. And they, they lose to Arizona. And they overcorrect, and they look like themselves the next week. To be able to win these games in this league and just find ways to win games, that's not giving enough credit because it is really difficult. And we're up to 21 of 22 when Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback. And, oh, by the way, Jalen Hurts in the passing game came back yesterday. For those of you who were panicked for the first three weeks, oh, my God, where's the passing? Where's Jalen Hurts? Mr. Runner-Up MVP. Doesn't look like a runner-up MVP to me. He did yesterday. He threw the ball very well in the Eagles passing game. was a big reason. They hung in the game, eventually won the game. Uh, on your McLaurin play on the sideline, I still couldn't tell. And I agreed with the announcer, Moose Johnston was on a call yesterday. If they had called it inbounds, yeah, I don't know that there it. was enough to overturn it. Because they called it out of bounds, there wasn't enough definitive evidence to overturn it. It was right. It was a matter of inches. The top of his cleat being on the white or off the white was that close. And you are 100% right. If Reed Blankenship isn't there, I firmly believe McLaurin gets a call. That he gets his feet down because Reed was that close. His hand may have kept him from being able to step inbounds rather than out of bounds. And that, of course, was a very huge play. But it's a good thing that Reed made that play overall because I thought yesterday the Eagles secondary was not good. Now, I know they were shorthanded, and they had two scratches before the game in Evans and Brown, and they elevated McCollum, who did nothing but play special teams. So the, the DBs were out there on an island by themselves yesterday. I don't know if they ran out of gas, watched them move the ball damn well in the first uh, period uh, up and down the field. Uh, I thought it was a less than stellar effort from the Eagles' defensive backfield. I thought Darius Slay got abused yesterday. Now, if it was more zone coverage and it wasn't his responsibility, I'm sure Darius will let us know because Darius <laughs> doesn't like when you point out that he gets beat. And it may very well be the case, but it seemed to me they went into his area of the zone a lot yesterday to take advantage uh, so it was not a great defensive secondary effort across the board yesterday, Johnny Mac. No, uh, you're right, and uh, uh, I've been that secondary is a problem with how it's you know they got to figure out, and it's not it doesn't have anything to do with Bradbury uh, or or even Slag because I agree with you, and I don't you know Slag a lot of zone coverage, and they were blowing some zones yesterday. 
But people are going after Josh Job. And yesterday they were going after uh, Terrell Edmonds as well. And they should. Edmonds I mean, that's took what some teams stupid penalties. Yeah. And, and that's what teams should do. Uh, and that's what they're doing. And, you know, the end of the game in regulation, you know, Sam made a mistake with five seconds left. He threw short of the end zone. You almost would have hoped Reed made that play as well. You almost would have let him, hey, catch the football and and the clock's going to run out uh, and the game's going to be over right there. And then whether Biennemi got in his head headset and said, look, this ball's got to go to the end zone. And they said, all right, where's Job? And we're going to throw it there. And that's what they did, basically. Uh, and they were able to tie the game. By the way, Ron Rivera's got to go for two there. Got to go for two. What there. happened to yeah. Riverboat Ron? Yeah, that, that doesn't name. exist. That doesn't exist. You got to go for two there. Um, and he was talking after the game, talking about, well, the guys were gassed. It was a long drive. Well, if you're gassed, guess what? The defense is the gassed. Defense. The Eagle defense yeah. should be more gassed than your offense. Most of you are uh, drive blocking straight ahead. Yeah, and 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 not only have the the adrenaline rush of time, you know, not time because you're a point behind, but you score, you have a chance to win the game. That's all. That's all offensive tilted right there, um, as far as the long drive. So I don't agree with Ron Rivera. Eagles are the better team, the more talented team. They're playing at home. Everything says go for two right there and try to steal the win. And who knows what happens if they do that. Uh, Obviously, the Eagles could stop them, but they were on their heels. Um, That's the way I would have went. And I I guarantee you Ron Rivera is rethinking that today, but there's nothing you can do from his standpoint. But, yeah, the secondaries. You know, Josh is okay, and he's he's improving, and I'm sure he'll get better. Uh, but they need to figure out that nickel spot, and maybe it's just Sidney Brown. Maybe when he returns, you just put him there because you're affecting two positions. I said it from day one. You know, remember, you have Bradbury's fine. He's doing a, a fine job. I didn't love the matchup with, with Curtis Samuel because he's very quick, um, and he did – he caught seven you, of eight targets. Yeah, no only, choice yesterday when yeah. you, when you don't even have another. Yeah, option, yeah, exactly. He's going to be in a, a slot. Yeah. Bradbury had to play in a slot yesterday. There wasn't a choice. Yeah, but he uh, and that's why I said he caught most of the passes thrown his way, but only for fifty-one yards. So he didn't kill you, and he had the jet sweep. But um, long term, I mean, he's got he's one of the best outside corners in football. It's a more important position. I I. I you got to keep them outside. You, you pay money for those players for a reason. Outside corners get paid more than slot corners for a reason. Um, it, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. And whether it's trade market outside the organization or just Sidney Brown, they gotta they gotta settle that down. Let me ask you this um, because uh, we talked about it plenty. And you you brought it up here on Birds 365. You were surprised when in camp they cross-trained Bradbury at the slot position, which, like, you noted, what's going on here? You got one of the best outside corners in the business. Why would you be moving him inside? He's And I think he's athletic enough to play there. Usually a guy his size, you go, yeah, that's just not a good idea because he's just that big. You need a smaller, quicker guy to play inside. 
but you can be six foot two and that quick and be able to play there. And I think Bradbury's damn close to that. But if you're going to do cross training, you're going to be looking at worst case scenario. Oh, by the way, worst case scenario came up and bit you in the rear, rear end. Why didn't they tr- uh, cross train Job there? Is Job completely in a, uh, unable to play in there? I don't know that he's any more of a reach than Bradbury would be. Why didn't they say, well, well if we're going to cross train and- somebody, let's cross train a young guy rather than a guy who's already established himself as a Pro Bowl level outside cornerback? Well, I think it has to do with the, you know, his abilities as a player. I mean, he, he can handle it. Um, Whereas, you know, Josh is still trying to learn outside cornerback. It's natural, but the same thing with Eli Ricks and Makai Gardner and guys like that. Um, They're trying, you know, they're young players trying to learn their, their main position. Um, And, and you see it with Sidney Brown and, you know, maybe, you know, from Sydney's standpoint, he played more near the line of scrimmage than backs um, um, in, in too high. Um, so maybe he's a little bit more comfortable, even though he technically wasn't playing slot. He's a little bit com- more comfortable near the line of scrimmage than he actually is. He barely ever played, you know, single high or, or, or cover two or type of that in college. So, He's a little bit different in, in the fact that he's got a comfort level. But, yeah, I mean, Josh is trying to learn outside corner, and then you're going to throw that on his plate. You know, you might have to at some point, you know, uh, I, because if if you start getting – and they've already been through now Mike Evans and Terry McLaurin, but this is every week in the NFL. Right. Um, and – you're this gonna... week it'll be, and nobody knows his name yet, yeah. but you'll learn it real fast. Yeah. Uka Nakua, who is in the top five in the NFL in yards receiving, yeah. in his, over 500 yards in his first four games in the NFL. So, yeah, they got somebody that they got to worry about coming up this Sunday. Yeah, and 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 Matthew, I saw Matthew Stafford got banged up, so that might help the Eagles. Um, but, yeah, if Matthew's healthy, <laughs> he could sling it. Um, and he's smart, and he's played forever. And he's going to attack who he needs to attack. Um, so this might be, you know, depending on his health, this might be a bigger test than um, maybe it looked uh, on the schedule to begin the season. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to keep getting tested and tested and tested until they figure that out. Um, and people are going to – last play of the game, uh, regulation, not last play of the game, last play of regulation. I mean, they just found Job and went after him. And they were going to throw it, and you know, if he made a play, made a play. But they was, did it on purpose. Give credit, to Sam Howell. That was a pretty nice throw. It was. He, he slammed it into a very tight window. It wasn't like Job uh, was blatantly off in coverage. He was pretty close. That was just a really nice oh, play. And, and, and there ends. were like three defenders in the air. It was a great throw. I'm yep. not trying to say that, but it was evident that they were trying to identify where to throw the football. Um, and that's going to continue. Until, you know, he proves that he can hold up to a certain level. Um, and, you know, this is all nitpicking because as you started the show, 4-0. 4-0. <laughs> I mean, 4-0. But I, I got one more nitpick I want to get into. It's more than a nitpick. It was pretty bad yesterday. Uh, before we get Jeff Carr up here, our, our first guest. Um, yeah, I thought the secondary played poorly yesterday. But you know what? I think the secondary played better than the defensive line. 
Because expectations are expectations. And when you're down as many guys as the Eagles were in the secondary going into the game, you're you're playing backups. You're playing uh, guys who haven't had enough experience in the league. The Eagles defensive line is supposed to be their best unit. Uh, Who was it from the NFL Network who said that the Eagles defensive line was the best unit in all of football? Not just the Eagles. Bucky Brooks. Bucky Brooks. The Eagles defensive line. And for the first three games of the season, he was looking very much right. Where'd they go yesterday, Johnny Mack? They got pushed around by a mediocre offensive line of the Washington Commanders. And I know Hassan Reddick got his first sack, which is nice. Glad he got the cast off. He did nothing. Brandon Graham did nothing. Derek Barnett wants his agent, wants to be able to check out what's out. Please find out what's out there on the trade market for Derek Barnett. How about uh, three cans of Bud? I would do that tomorrow for Derek Barnett. Somehow he made 18 appearances. I didn't see him on my screen at all yesterday. The big dogs from the middle, from Georgia, who had been stone cold dominant the first three games of the season, didn't do a whole hell of a lot yesterday. Where'd the Eagles defensive line go yesterday, John? Well, I don't think it was splashy, but I, I, I do think, you know, they're still impacting the game. I know, you know, Washington, all those pressures slowed Sam Howell down. To, uh, to well, first, no, uh, but I mean, in his know, NFL career. As, uh, to quote uh, JG, everyone's favorite, uh, rush and cover, cover and rush. So we're just talking about the secondary. I, I thought they impacted um, on, on, on certain, it wasn't as dominant. I mean, 107 yards rushing, it, which, you know, to expect them to be under 50 every week wasn't going to happen. Uh, the, 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 the yards per rush were still under four. So that's, to me, that's effective. Um, there are a couple plays like Jalen Carter doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but a couple plays he had, he hurried and got things out of there. Reddick looked better without the cast. Josh Sweat looked good. I think Fletcher played a good game. But it wasn't spectacular. So I get everybody, you mentioned expectations. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Everybody yeah. expects them to be the steel curtain or the purple people eaters every every week. Um, that's not realistic. And I thought, I said coming into the game, I said it on this show, I said it on football 24-7. That's what happens in this league. Teams overcorrect. And I thought Washington was going to come in with a good plan to at least you know, try to help that offensive line as, as, as much as possible, get the football out of Sam Howell's hand. But I was impressed by Sam Howell. I think he played well. I, I don't think – and he was sacked five times. Now, Nicholas Morrow had three of them. That's, he had four and career And he didn't play on the defensive line. No, but, you know, he's not getting sacks by himself. Nicholas Morrow isn't Lawrence Taylor. All right, he's getting sacks because – People are worried about Jalen Carter. And one was, I got to look at all three. The one was a late blitz where the, 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 I think it was Carter, uh, you know, impacted the play. He came around, looped around and got the sack. So, I mean, they're impacting guys like that. He came in, look, Nick Morrow's playing great. I think he's one of the underrated stories considering what happened, but, um, he had four career sacks, and I think it was 3,600 snaps. He has three in one game. Again, he didn't turn into Lawrence Taylor. He's getting three sacks because of that defensive front. 
Understood. But uh, again, he's Nicholas Morrow and these other guys are expectations are higher. I thought they played poorly yesterday, the defensive line. The linebackers played great. Guys who we don't expect to play great, both played great. Uh, Cunningham had 13 tackles, somewhere thereabouts. Now, too many of them too far downfield that uh, when they did run the ball and he had to make a tackle down the field rather than two yards, it was five or six yards down the field. And if you're going to point to the average yards per carry of the uh, run, the watching running back, same as the Eagles. Well, they outrushed the Eagles. That, that doesn't, uh, I'm not putting that down as a win for the Eagles defense. Well, the, Washington, I mean, Chase Young gave Jordan my lot of fits. Um, uh, Camp Jerkins got hurt. Um, that Washington front is legit. And yeah, same thing. If you expect DeAndre Swift to end the season um, with 6.8 yards per carry, guess what? That ain't happening. Um, and he was down to four, and he still had some nice little runs uh, against probably the best defensive front the Eagles are going to see all season. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the interior played well, uh, on the Eagles defensive line. And I think the, the edge guys were Reddick was a little bit better. Although look, I, I don't think Reddick was playing poorly. He just wasn't finishing. Uh, sweat had trouble in Tampa against Tristan Wirfs, but it's Tristan Wirfs every other game he's played well. Um, yeah, so I don't think they were as bad as as um, I, I'm more concerned about the secondary. Let's put it that way. Um, I thought they bought other than the linebackers. The linebackers came up big for the Eagles. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I as confident. They were good on the front end or the back as end as you are. I'm not. I'm definitely not as confident in the linebackers as you are. Yeah, they they, they kind of saved the day yesterday for the Eagles because the rest of the defense for me was not very good. All right, Jeff Kerr, been waiting patiently. We waited for him. Now he waits for us. Let us jo- let him join the party. Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com up with us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Bridge 365 on a day after the Eagles extended their undefeated season. That's right, undefeated 4-0. Lots to break down. We'll get Jeff Curry in here to help us do just that. But just keep coming back, everyone. Oh, they're 4-0. Oh, they're 4-0. Let me remember, they're 4-0. They are 4-0. We've got questions, but they are 4-0. Jeff Curry, what was the biggest question after yesterday's game in your mind for the Eagles? Jeff freeze up on us. We make him wait. And then Uh-oh. We'll... Man, all oh, it's all, what Darius such... Slate told yeah. me after the It's what Darius Slate told me after the game yesterday. It, it just seems like they're inconsistent week to week on certain things. Like Uh-oh, freezing up. See if uh Jeff maybe can uh restart his computer or something. Something uh, along yeah. those lines. Cuz IT uh, IT it's an IT issue. Somehow yeah. we'll learn to deal with the uh, IT issue. It was going to say, but yeah, inconsistency. Darius Slay telling them that. I'd agree with that. Um, and part of that is the moving parts. I mean, in the secondary, when you have injuries and you have new players in there, uh, especially with this particular scheme, which is way too reliant on communication on the back end, I think. Yeah, I've been talking about that since day one with the big band. It's something I don't like, especially with younger players, because they tend to make more mental errors um, when it comes to zone coverage and these exotic, uh, you know, post-snap looks that they like to present. Um, so I, I agree with that part of it. Uh, but yeah, long term, I even Justin Evans, we we talked, didn't play. Obviously, wasn't able to go. When he's able to return, and Sidney Brown, who I did mention, when he's able to return, I'm not sure those guys are the answers at those two positions. The the second safety position opposite Reed and and slot corner. The answers might not be on this roster, so this might be the issue that we're focused on, Jody. Um, throughout the season, especially as teams get to now, you know, the Eagles, I mentioned Stafford's injury yesterday. He fought through it, but evidently he was not healthy at all. So we'll see how things progress this week. The Jets, as you know, Zach Wilson looked a hell of a lot better last night than he has in the, in the past, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. We thought we were going to see that test. 
um, not nearly. And then you get Miami, which is going to be a test, despite how poorly they played against Buffalo. I think that is going to be a test, um, especially with those receivers they have. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's going to be the one issue where we say, all right, uh, what's what's going on? And, and by the way, John, and you're kind of hinting at it. We've talked about it before, but uh, you just said in the first segment, that player might not be on the roster. Well, if you're going to go out and trade for somebody and how he's been very good at picking up guys in season, making the trade necessary, leading up to the deadline, adding a key piece. Well, you're adding a piece and going to ask him to do something more than you usually ask a guy to do. Some guys, you just get offensive line, you get them, you give them 20 minutes with Stoutland, boom, they're ready to go. Putting a D back into the middle of a Fangio communication-based defense is something that's going to be rather difficult because a lot of it is feel, a lot of it is communication, a lot of it is doing what you know your teammate's going to do. Oh, by the way, the guy shows up in midstream and say, yeah, plug him in and expect an upgrade at that position. John, if they went out and got the best uh, cover safety in the NFL, the best uh, D-back uh, to play in the slide, might take them some time to get there. And oh, yeah. by the way, you don't, you're don't you not looking for time. You're looking for immediate results when you make a deal in season for a guy to come in and play for you. Well, I think it's got to be a certain type. And we saw it last year with CJ. I mean, we were all saying, well, how's he going to pick this up? He picked it up pretty quick. Um, but he's a savvy player. It's got to be Bradbury-like player. He's a savvy player. It's got to be a player that already has that sort of knowledge and ability and coverage um, I don't think it's going to be a young players unproven. I think that's the kind of player that breaks down in this defense. And hopefully we get Jeff back. I see him popping up. So when he's ready, uh, there we go. Jeff there he Kerr, is. Yeah, there we go. Try to an ulterior uh, method here. So. All right. Nice. Um, so you're mentioning Slay and, and sort of the lack of consistency. With the secondary, Jeff, I think it's understandable a little bit because of all the moving parts. And I was talking to Jody about the communication and the Fangio scheme. That's what it's based on. And boy, if you throw in a bunch of new guys, it kind of looks ugly at times. Isn't that sort of baked into it? Yeah, I, w- I would think so, John. So, I mean, look at all the, the different pieces they've had on this defense since what week one. I mean, who would have thought Nicholas Moore and Zach Cunningham would be their linebackers uh, at this point in the season? The guy they cut and the guy that they signed in August. And now you got James Bradbury in the slot and people are questioning that move. I, you know, that's the best option because it, are we really going to go with Mario Goodrich here? No. So you got to deal with what you got. And Josh Job on the outside is one of those pieces. I mean, the only constant on this defense right now is the pass rush and Luckily, they just haven't had any major injuries there. And Asan Reddick seems to be fully at 100% because he has sack yesterday and he's got that club off. But real quick before you jump in, Jody, because you mentioned that with Mario Goodrich. Um, or what are we going to do? Go with Mario Goodrich? Well, why is he here, Jeff? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, 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 because I'm in the, I'm in the camp of James Bradbury's an all pro outside corner. He gets paid $13 million to play outside corner. I don't want to back two positions. And if Mario Goodrich isn't good enough to play next man up mentality, Nick Sirianni, 
Why is he here? I agree with you. I, I don't know why he's here. I, when he was a healthy scratch last week, I'm like, whose roster spot is he taking? Why is he on this team right now? And I, I didn't see the snap count numbers for today, John. How, how many snaps did he end up playing yesterday? That would be a zero. He played he zero. special teams only. Yeah. Ian yeah, McCollum he both I, I were agree active you. as defensive backs and didn't get a snap in a DB. Both yeah. of them played special teams only. Yeah, I, I agree. Then why why is he here? What why is he taking up a roster spot right now? Do, do you really need a slot corner if you're moving Bradbury in? I mean, if I, I guess there he's here because if Bradbury gets hurt, but Who's really going to claim him? No one claimed Nicholas Morrow, and look how well he's playing. So. Yeah, and you also have Ringo and Ricks who aren't playing. Um, yeah, it's at, at corner, so you don't need three corners that don't play defense. I mean, Ringo is a big, impactful player on special teams so far, um, and he's obviously got the the ceiling as a potential prospect. And um, you know, Ricks, but Ricks and Goodrich, I mean. If they can't play and they're not impactful on special teams, what the heck are they here for? I mean, you got to churn in cornerbacks that can play if you have these injury issues. This is what I'm wondering. Was Sidney Brown's absence playing a role in this? Because it seemed like, at least to my knowledge, he was going to be the backup slot corner before the hamstring injury. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. uh, maybe and he might be the healthy. starting slot corner. At yeah. When he's so healthy. maybe when he's healthy, that changes things, and Bradbury goes back to the outside. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Well, I, I don't know that. I, I think that's what we're all rooting for, but I, I'm not sure that that's what. Yeah, it'll probably be piecemeal, but hopefully he wins the job as the season moves on. I think that's the hope, but it is. It's a hope, Jody. It's and Howie's the one who said hope is not a strategy. Yeah. All right. Now we're we're in the midst of a season and they're four and zero, and that's a good thing. And that outweighs everything else. But if we're taking a step back, two thousand foot look, what what would be best for the Eagles future for Brown to be uh, his natural position? Slot corner or safety? Is he playing slot corner just because they have a desperate need right now or? And I'm yeah. not saying Eagles should make their decision as to how they should use him based on the future, but I'm just generally asking, where do you think Brown is best served to play for uh, next year and, and going forward, safety or slot corner? Yeah, I mean, obviously the long-term position is safety, but for 2023, I think they need him to play slot cornerback right now. Yeah. It's, you're not going to use Mario Goodrich. Uh, you know, you're not using your third-team slot corner. Uh, Eli Ricks can't play the slot. I, I think he's strictly an outside guy, so – I, I think right now to get Sidney Brown on the field with Terrell Edmonds, with Reed Blankenship, I, I think the best fit for him right now would be the slot, and then you can get Bradbury on the outside, and you can have Josh Job as a valuable number three corner. I, I want to point this out, too. Before Josh Job gave up that touchdown, I thought he actually had a pretty good game yesterday, uh, you know, until the last second touchdown. But overall, like, Job has been fine, but he's definitely a guy that teams are picking on because they know yeah. that's weakness. yeah. They're they're targeting, and we haven't seen that um, um, big time. Well, we did a little bit with Kirk Cousins, and he put up big numbers, but it was, um, you know, they were down twenty points. Um, it, it, Matthew Stafford, and he got hurt, uh, as I was mentioning to Jody. I don't know how healthy he's going to be. Um, and then you 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 have to wait until Tua. Um, but people are going to pick on Josh Job until 
he proves they can't pick on him. That's just the nature of this game. And the Eagles obviously are going to be tested down the road with the Mahomes and the Josh Allens of the world. So they got to get this thing fixed and fixed pretty quickly. But to Jody's point, yeah, Sidney Brown's going to be the safety. Remember, even if they want to move on from Avante Maddox because of all the injury issues, they have Isaiah Rogers. They already signed him uh, coming back from the gambling suspension. So they have a plan long-term in the slot. But short term, yeah, it's I think it's Sidney Brown or bust. And then I start, you know, Jody mentioned, why not cross train Job? You mentioned, well, Rex is an outside corner, which I agree with. And Goodrich can't play. What are we doing here? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's nitpicking because they're four and oh, but it's a legitimate nit to pick, I think. All right. So let me further pick the nit. Um I was making my coffee this morning, Jeff, and I looked at the milk that I was adding to it. And sure enough, Derek Barnett's face was on the carton of milk that I had. (laughs) And I wonder, did he even play yesterday? And I had to go double check. And, oh, yeah, he got 18 snaps, 18 snaps. I thought he didn't play. I thought maybe he was a healthy scratch. Maybe they didn't announce it. Maybe I missed it. He was actually out there on the field for 18 snaps. And after the game, there's a rumor going around that uh, his agent is requesting the ability to seek a trade for Derek Barnett. I have one word. Please, please seek a trade. Please see what's out there for you. Please tell us someone is willing to give you two milk cartons with your face on it as long as the milk isn't spoiled, uh, Derek Barnett, uh, and we'll see if we can get something like that done. Why is he still getting snaps, Jeff? You know, that's a good question, Jody. Uh, you know, I didn't realize he ended up playing 18 snaps yesterday. I saw him on the field. I, I didn't see him do much when he was on the field. Did but... nothing. Oh, nothing. That, that'd be a By big By the way, you know play. who played well? I forgot to mention. I have to admit, Brandon played well. Brandon. Yeah, oh, he had a great game yesterday. I should have yeah. mentioned that because he yeah, was. Brandon, you know, I actually thought Nolan Smith had a good game at first look. I, I thought he was. I don't I, I don't agree with you there. Well, he, he got maybe I'm watching a couple plays yeah. there. I, I'm not talking about the, the play where he got beat on the pass coverage. Well, yeah, they have dropping cover. Well, that's just dumb. That's that's not Nolan Small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. You, yeah, you got to rush Nolan Smith there. Yeah. But uh, besides that, I mean, yeah, I, I do agree with you, though. I, I don't know why Brandon, I'm uh, not Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett really is playing as much as he is. I, I know the Eagles value him, but you know, you can't. Now, overall, him. Jeff, what did you think of the defensive line? Because Jody, expectations are off the charts for this group. Oh, they're, um, abs- they're absolutely. Jody was, was harsh. I don't think they were bad. I just don't no, think I they do. were as dominant as usual. I give them um, a B minus. I, I mean, they have five sacks. I, I mean, I guess everybody. No, 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 no. Three well, of those sacks were. Uh, Nick Morrow from the linebacker position. But as I pointed out to Jody, I mean, Nick Morrow ain't getting those sacks because he's Lawrence Taylor. He's getting those sacks because the guys up front are making it easy for him. Uh, exactly. I didn't think they played poorly, uh, but I don't think they played up to the expectation. I think Jody's right there. And, and you know, if people are going to expect him to be the steel curtain every week, uh, that they might be a little bit disappointed, but that's, that's how I would describe me yesterday. Disappointed in the effort of the defensive line. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I I thought they played well. Am I crazy? 
I mean, they, crazy. It's, you know, I mean, look, they have five sacks. They had, I think, 17, 18 pressures. I got to double check those numbers again, but I mean, they were getting the same. Sam Howell's a mobile quarterback. I hope. Yeah, he's, he's more that mobile than people think. Yeah, yeah he I think is. The Eagles were surprised by that. I think uh, they were too. And if yeah. you watch old, like a couple of Sam Howell's games, uh, you, you throw away the Buffalo game because he's been more of the quarterback that's played the other games outside of Buffalo. That that was an, an anomaly for Sam Howell. But yeah, I, I thought they, they played fine. I, you know, it wasn't anything off the charts. But again, I, I think expectate, I agree with you, Jody and John. Expectations are really, really high for this defensive line, just because they got 70 sacks last year and because they were able to do this, but this is the same expectations that, Oh, John Fagan is not a good defense coordinator. Well, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You know? All right. They gave up 31 points to a team that the week before had scored three. If not the defensive line and who are we putting it on, it's all on the secondary, but they gave a 31. I think points it's to more it. on the secondary from my standpoint. I, I, no, but they didn't play up to their usual standard. Well, I can't even say usual. Three-game standard, small sample size. Like I bring up Miami, you point out, like if you look at one game and say, all right, they were awful in Buffalo, but that's not probably what they're going to be, similar to Miami scoring 70 points, and then they get beat by four touchdowns. That's sort of like this league. And then, believe me, Miami's going to play better. I don't even know who they're playing next week. But I guarantee they're going to play better. I um, still say Eric Bieniemy's offensive scheme favors against uh, John Fagan, Vic Fangio, Sean Desai. That that type of scheme, just because he can get receivers open past the numbers, and if you don't get home, he's going to pick you apart. Uh, you know that was one thing that scared me about the game yesterday. Eric Bieniemy just seems to have that that defense's number. It's all crossing routes, man. So it you is. can see Andy. You can see Andy in that offense um, with a lot of, of what they do. Obviously, they don't have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill back in the day. But now that you brought up the coaching, I got a, I got a big nit to pick with Ron Rivera. Why aren't you going for two, <laughs> Jeff Kerr? I was Why? thinking the same thing. Oh, but didn't you hear, John? The offense was gas. Well, don't you think the defense is gas? That's exactly what I said. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm ripping that nickname off him. He can no longer be called Riverboat Ron. I mean, everything says go for two and try to steal the win right there. I, I think that's awful. Um, that's an awful decision. The Eagles are the better team, the more talented team. They're at home. You got to try to steal the game. I was, thinking, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, why doesn't this guy just try to end it right now? If he loses, he loses. They, they, uh, you know, they got nothing to lose. They weren't supposed to win that game anyway. They were no. huge underdogs. Yeah, yeah. All uh, right, another nit to pick. And again, my apology, Eagle fans, because remember they're four and zero, four and zero. But it doesn't mean we can't point out some things that we question a little bit. Eleven penalties for eighty-one yards. Oh, yeah. Are we still going to go with the narrative that less is more in preseason and prepping for games and practicing, non-practicing? Pretty damn sloppy. And it wasn't their young guys all making the mistakes. Oh, they're still learning to play in the National Football League. It was guys who have been around. And Dickerson, I love him, but he, Lane Johnson has perfected the leave before the ball is snapped to move. He does it all the time. 
and it's maybe a quarter of a second. But when they give you the slow motion replay, you see that he goes before the ball is actually snapped. Landon Dickerson isn't as good at it. He gets caught. He goes early, gets caught, he gets flagged. He actually, I think, beat one or two yesterday that he could have gotten flagged. Now, there was another one where he left way early on the Also, can can I point out how much horse shit that is? You're calling a penalty, an offside penalty on a tush push when literally Deron Payne's helmet is over the ball. Well, there are like three guys offsides. I saw the video of that. I'm going to try to get it and post it again, but... Boy, he left to to say he left early is being disingenuous. I mean, he was he was three <laughs> yards down the field, and he's a powerful guy. But but Jeff's right as well. There were like three Washington players offside where you could see the helmet. Um, so, you know, but I will say about the officiating the penalties, and I think it was Groats Bob Groats, our friend, who brought it up. Ronald Torbert it was the uh, a bit was the referee his crew calls a lot of penalties yeah. i mean statistically um and that held up but the individual ones like the aj brown penalty to me was the biggest penalty you can't it was, do that. it was a stupid penalty. yeah, um, yeah. so uh, individually i agree with you there's some sloppiness jody but overall i mean if torbert's out there there were 18 pounds. You know, Washington got called for eight, I think. Um, there's a lot of penalties when he's out there. Yeah, just because of Torbert and that crew, a first quarter that went like, I felt it went 20, 25 minutes. All of a sudden, that game took three and three hours and uh, close to yeah. four hours because of Torbert. Yeah, sometimes the crew is just, you know, they're going to call some penalties and you got to deal with it. But it, you, you can't. The taunting stuff, I mean, that's simple to avoid. Obviously, he was getting into it with uh, Emmanuel Forbes. But another, why, why is why is Washington traveling Forbes with A.J. Brown? What, I, guess, what? I guess that's their best man cover corner, but I, I don't agree with it. I, I, I mean, he plays less than St. Juice, who's bigger. Um, he's a better athlete, but... I just don't think he can play yet. He's a young corner. Maybe he's got some upside, but AJ was beating him like a drum and they they're following him around. I'm like, what are they doing? I felt so, like the game of what was it? Was it 2015? They had Byron Mac the when the Eagles had Byron Maxwell on. Was it Julio and they just let him get picked apart all game long? Well, when when the Eagles signed Byron Mac, he was the best you know, zone corner in football, you know, cover three, Seattle. Yeah, play man. Asian, yeah. And they haven't played man. Yeah. I mean, there's some, yeah. Uh, I don't know. All right. Nick Sirianni. Let's question him. Third and 11 draw play to Kenny Gainwell. Um, do you think it was protecting Jalen hurts on the throw? Because that looked to me like he checked to that throw and people have an issue with scoring too soon. I don't have an issue with it. I'm like, maybe if it's Patrick Mahomes, as I mentioned earlier to Jody, all right, then I'll start thinking about manipulating the clock. If I got a chance to score against the Washington Commanders and Sam Howell, I got to score and put it on my defense. I don't. I didn't have a problem with that with Nick Sirianni. Others did. Where Where are you, Jeff? I was confused on the play, but I understood the ramifications of it. It, it. Does it feel like to you, John, they 
They don't fully trust Jalen Hurts' decision-making in the red zone right now. I thought, well, I thought he was the one who checked to it. I don't know, but I thought that was his decision. Um, I thought that was Jalen's decision. Now, that wasn't a red zone play. Uh, No, that wasn't a red zone play, but it it feels like overall when I was watching that game, it's – He's not as throwing as many passes in the red zone as he did last year. Maybe that's just a different offense. I don't know, but well, I think anytime you run a third and eleven draw play, you're trying to fool the defense. I mean, you know, they're hardly the first team that runs on third and long, um, and they didn't fool them, and it didn't go anywhere. But you know, so all right, you know, maybe you want to throw it on third and eleven, but. They have they have had success on that play in the past, uh, but everybody's hyper focused on Swift, Swift, Swift. He's got to get the ball at all times. They're going to run that poor guy into the ground if he gets the ball all the time. I mean, somebody I, else has got. To I play. think they've been managing him well the last two games. Yeah, he, only had, he only had fourteen carries yesterday. Yeah, but I mean, overall, um, it, it's you know he doesn't have this long history of being. You know, Derrick Henry, 250 touches, or Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and it's long. It's about long term, not only short term. He had 28 carries in week two, I believe. That's a lot. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I don't, I don't have a problem with them managing the touches. I guess a little bit. And John, on the uh, should they or shouldn't have they scored the touchdown that gave the commanders a chance to go back down the field? You're basing it as much on the opposition saying it's not Patrick Mahomes, it's it's Sam Howell, and Sam Howell did just that, marching down the field and stuck it into the end zone on the last play with the help so of AJ Brown. There is uh, twenty twenty hindsight. Yes, uh, understood that AJ helped them out with the take. Here's why I think it was a bad play call. And if it was Hurts checking to it, it's on Hurts rather than either the play caller and or the head coach. Whoever decided in the moment to do just that, throw the ball down the field and score a touchdown. Here's what I'm basing my decision on more than anything else. And if Jalen Hurts did it, then Jalen Hurts has got to know that and he's got to handle it. I got Jake Elliott. If I got a questionable field goal kicker, if I don't know that my kicker is going to go out and bang home the game-winning field goal, then, yeah, I'm going to try and score a touchdown. I've got one of the most consistent kickers in the NFL, who, as we pointed out in the first out, goes right 50, 50 plus, doesn't matter, goes right down the middle. I've got him. I'm going to give him the chance to win the game rather than open up the possibility. And you're right. It was a, a not a great odds possibility. Sam Howell's going to march the ball down the field. And if A.J. Brown doesn't give him the extra 10 yards, he probably doesn't. But I'm playing a Jake Elliott. I'm going to make my decision based on my team rather than the opposition there, and that's why I think it was a bad decision. Yeah. Well, it looks like we dropped Jeff Kerr. Um, so hopefully maybe Jeff can come back, but maybe not. Uh, we, we held him for a long time. But, yeah, I mean, look, if they would have ran out the clock, you know, but if you don't get a first down and all of a sudden then they can come back and they only need a field goal, I see both sides of the the fence. Uh, the best case scenario is always drain the clock and walk off, right? You know, I mean, you don't give the other team an opportunity. But I see too many teams try to get cute with that kind of stuff, and they end up not scoring. 
And even if they get the field goal, then you give the other team an easier chance and they go down and score a touchdown. From the Eagles' perspective, they're a really good team. And, um, you know, I think they take a chance to score and they score. Um, And again, if A.J. doesn't taunt, it's probably not even in the conversation. They're not getting in a position to tie the game. Um, So many things happen. As I said, the play before, if Reed Blankenship, you got to be a real situational master to realize, all right, he's going to catch this ball at the one and a half yard line. The clock's going to run out. Um, And maybe the player understands it and says, oh, Sam effed up here. I shouldn't catch this. And maybe we'll get one more, one more. You don't, you don't believe that, do you? No, I don't. I believe yeah. he would have caught he was it. Try, and, he was trying to catch it. He yeah. was making every play. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I believe he would have caught it and, and it would have, um, the clock would have run out. Uh, so a lot of things went Washington's way, starting with the penalty. Um, and yeah, you got to rely on your defense and your defense didn't hold up their part of the bargain, the complimentary football aspect of it. Um, but I would, all, all I'm saying is personally, if I'm a coach, I pay more lip service to that. If there's a great quarterback on the other side, like if I give the football back to Patrick Mahomes with one, whatever 50, I'm not feeling confident. And you don't want to say that to your players either, because you want to say, Oh, go out there and stop him." Um, and he didn't even play that well last night against the jets who have a good defense. Um, but certain quarterbacks, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to give more deference to yeah, Sam Howell's not in that category yet, uh, but he played under, well. Understood, but in the minute, in the moment, Sam Howe was in the midst of having a very good game. Sam Howell's career, you're not going to compare to Patrick Mahomes. You're right, they're two different animals. But on the day when you're making the decision, Sam Howell is in the midst of having a pretty damn good game. So I'm going to give him uh, at least that much credit in making that decision. Do I want to turn the ball back over to a guy who's having a career day? And yeah, I know his career is all of four games long, but he's having his best day in the NFL. Do I want to give him the ball back? Now, let me run it into the middle of the line, get Jake out there, kick the game-winning field goal, get the hell back into the locker room. That's where I would have handled the department. Yeah, I got to look at the timing. I, 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 um, we'll go to break and I'll look at the timing. But I, you know, Sac- they would have Sac- had them four. Washington had no timeouts left. Yeah. So if so they, they had to the get first the first down, down though. Um, and you know, third and four. Yeah. Right. But they take it down to even that much less if they run a couple more plays than how much time watching. But you also don't need a touchdown. You only need, right. a you only goal. need a field goal yeah. to tie it. Uh, so there, there was a difference, but you could have you run. If you get the first down, you run it down to zero. Uh, if you don't get the first down, then it's a little bit closer. Uh, if the Eagles offense can't convert on second and four with their offensive line, uh, then shame on the Eagles offense. He's McMahon on McDonald. We thank Jeff Carp for hopping in. Had some technical issues today, but uh, he gave us some damn good information. As will our next guest. Yes, it's game day Franklin. He will be joining us coming up in about 20 minutes. Keep it right here on Birds 365.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Johnny Mac and Jody Mac go with you on Birds 365. We got Chris Franklin from NJ.com going to join us. Uh, day after guy here on Birds 365 coming up in less than 20 minutes from now. Uh, Johnny Mac, uh, we've knit and picked the Eagles plenty as they're 4-0. and Remember, 4-0. and I haven't lost a game yet. But, uh, again, not a awe-inspiring victory against the Commanders yesterday, but a victory just the same. Um, around the league, the other two teams in the NFC did look pretty good. The 49ers were dominant again. Uh, I sound like a broken record with this, but at some point, some of the naysayers are going to have to catch up and realize and admit Brock Purdy can play 20 of 21 yesterday, 20 and 21. And if you want to go along the, oh, it's Kyle Shanahan's offense. Okay. It's going to be Jonathan Gannon's defense um, this week. Yeah. 
I watched some of that game yesterday. He, yeah, they had a couple of guys who were open, but he throws pinpoint passes just because he doesn't have a howitzer attached to his right arm. It doesn't matter how you get it there. Just get it there. And he gets it there every single pass. Uh, having Christian McCaffrey also run the football is not a bad thing to and keep catch the defenses it. on that us. Dude, that dude is unbelievable. Christian McCaffrey. Man. Hey, he is a stone cold stud. Uh, and oh, by the way, you know what I saw yesterday, John, which I couldn't believe. And I, I meant to look this up after the game, but I was on the air till 10. And then I wanted to watch the end of the jet game. Debo Samuel did not touch the football until the fourth quarter yesterday because he was questionable as to whether he was going to play and then uh, he was going to be active and he was. They didn't throw him the ball at all. Ayuk came back who didn't play the week before. So uh, Purdy's been doing this without two of his main weapons at close to 100%. But Debo didn't get the ball. They finally ran an end around to him in the early fourth quarter of the game, which I just didn't understand. But uh, the 49ers look good again. And if, oh, they beat the Cardinals. Well, yeah, the Cardinals beat the Cowboys the week before. <laughs> and the Cowboys put a beat down out there last night against the Patriots. I think the Eagles had to do some work against to just beat. Uh, the Lions are going to cakewalk to the uh, NFC North. They've already beaten Green Bay and the other two. T- oh, Minnesota got to win yesterday. I should give the Vikings a thumb. Yeah, but they, they were terrible in a win. They just played a more terrible team. Um so, yeah, I'm with you. They're going to cakewalk to the NFC North, the Lions. And they're better, I think, than people realize. Um, I thought Green Bay would be a little bit better, but their offensive line is struggling. Uh, Justin Beals showed up. Now, where'd that come from? Um, I, I put this out on uh, social media on Saturday before my CBS show. I said, who says, who says no to this trade? The Jets send Zach Wilson to the Bears for Justin Fields. The the fresh start, clean the slate deal of all time. Two first round draft picks that have struggled where they landed. Who would who would rather? Yeah, that's a good question. I think if you you know if both teams were being honest, they'd want to move on from each, um, but they can't be honest. And they both played well yesterday. That's the point. Yeah, they both played their best yeah. game in their careers. It's yeah. as I put it out there. Yeah, yeah, so many people make fun of my hypotheticals, but I love my hypotheticals. That was a hypothetical question, hypothetical trade. And sure enough, both of them go out and play their best game ever in their careers. Yeah. At one point, I checked because um, I was like, what the hell's going on? The And the Bears ultimately blew it anyway. Spit the bag, um, yep. But I, I think they were ahead. I don't know. 28-7. 28-7? Oh, yeah. And I'm like looking at it at one point, just looking at the box score. He was 12 of 12 at one point, and, and and he had a perfect passer rating. And I said, wow, boy, that Denver defense really is bad. Um, and ultimately, they came back to win the game, Denver. But, yeah, I mean – these guys have talent. I say it all the time. You know, people pile on Justin Fields. They pile on Zach Wilson. They have talent. Um, the confidence is, is a crazy thing in this league because when you lose your confidence and um, bad things can happen, and I think they've both been in bad situations, um, Fields and Wilson. 
I told you, the Eagles love Zach Wilson. So it's not like the Jets were this stupid team that they were the only one that thought Zach Wilson could turn into something. Um, and, and Justin Fields was a big-time prospect as well. Um, and, and every once in a while, you see it. And they happen to both play pretty well on the same day, both in losing efforts, but really close. Um, and the Jets, I mean, it's the Super Bowl champions. And he was better. He was the best quarterback on the field, technically. Holmes threw some god-awful yeah. passes last night. Some yeah. just floating ducks that I couldn't believe. He did not look like Patrick Mahomes. But I will say this in defense of Justin Fields a little bit. At least the Jets play defense. Jets have one of the most talented defenses in the National Football League. Justin Fields has got to play with that Bears defense, which is brutal. And you know I'm a linebacker guy, and I think the linebackers have been de-emphasized in this league to an egregious level, as a matter of fact. They went out and spent a lot of money on linebackers this offseason, the Bears did. They're not getting results for their dollars. Our guy, uh, Mr. Edwards, not exactly uh, cleaning up that Chicago defense. Their defense is just terrible. They're brutal defense. No, yeah, and Ed Edwards is, uh, you know, the guy they really spent. Uh, 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 Tremaine Edmund, uh, uh, Edmonds is the guy they really spent um, the money on. Uh, Terrell's brother. Um, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, they don't. They they have the worst front in football. They have the worst defensive front in football. So it doesn't matter if you have. A, I always talk about the Eagles building the right way. These other teams, man, it's like what, what, it, it, the Eagles are playing well. No, not their best game, but you pointed out the linebackers played well. well. No, they didn't. They're playing behind the best front in football. So they have an opportunity. And by the way, that's one of the things. Well, But then would you say the same thing about Edwards last year? I don't remember yeah, you sure. saying that I Edwards mean, Edwards benefited from playing. He, you just uh, said that he was as good he as he benefit. was. But the best I, there's no football. doubt. There's no doubt that he benefited from playing behind the Eagles' um, defensive front. There's no doubt. You see it this year. He was the sixth best off-ball linebacker in the league um, per Pro Football Focus last year. I don't know what he is down in the fifties this year. Oh, yeah, terrible. That's the difference between playing behind the best and playing behind the worst. And you see, one of the reasons I think Nicholas Martin, I think it was our buddy Brad Spielberger who said it, and he said, "Yeah, that's probably right." He didn't sign for any guarantee. He probably could have gotten a small guarantee somewhere else. I don't know that for a fact, but he he probably saw an opportunity to go from the worst defensive front in football to the best defensive front in football. And all of a sudden you look better and who knows, you might get another contract down the line. Now they cut him and they brought him back because of injury, but here he is, he's out there playing and we're talking about him. He's got three sacks. He's got, he's making all these tackles. He looks better because he's playing behind that front. And yes, the same thing goes with TJ Edwards who looks worse because he's playing behind that front in Chicago. But what you say is Edwards played better, plays better than, than Morrow. So, you know, that's where you sort of grading the scale. 
TJ's a better player than Nicholas Morrow. But yeah, he's definitely helped by playing the Eagles. If we're talking about what they've done behind the very good Eagles defensive front, and oh, by the way, I don't think the Eagles defensive front was all that good yesterday. I think Morrow's as good, if not better, than T.J. Edwards. I know we're only a couple of games in, but T.J. Edwards, please help me with the three-sack game that T.J. Edwards That's, you know, again, that, you know, A, delayed blitz. T.J. didn't blitz a lot. I mean, that that's all, you know, that's all dependent. You know, people talk all the time about Jonathan Gannon. For whatever reason, so the size that much more different than Gannon with his well, he's different. The blitz? For whatever reason, he ran a lot of delayed blitzes yesterday. Um, not good a thing lot. he did, those were not, some of the biggest plays they had. Not a lot, uh, but you know, but but yeah, certainly that wouldn't have happened last year. So, for people that want to, you know, pile on JG, go go ahead because that probably wouldn't have happened, but. I mean, if you don't have the opportunity, um, and we'll see. I'll I'll see where he. I I don't think he played as well, but I have to look at the. I have to look at the game. Uh, I haven't want rewatched it, but yeah, I don't think that's going to be a high. Um, he was bad in coverage. I don't think that's going to be a high graded game for tomorrow. Yeah, okay, but I could yeah. be wrong. But I could I, be wrong. It's not going to be a bad game. I think, but people say three sacks, and they think it's going to be like he's going to be the top graded linebacker. I don't, I don't think he played that kind of game. Uh, I, I thought he played very well, uh, as did Cunningham, who made thirteen tackles. But again, because I thought the defensive line didn't play all that well, those tackles were coming downfield. Uh, anytime you get a tackle, put up a tackle. It's a good thing. It looks good in the score sheet. Where did you make the tackle? Did you make the tackle two yards? Now, the the mo- you know what yards? the most interesting thing to me is, Jody? When N'Kobe Dean comes back, and Seth asked me this question on a post-game show, he's like, should N'Kobe Dean start? <laughs> I, well, A, I kind of snickered. I'm snickering here. Yeah, he's going to start. But now, who would you rather have as the number two linebacker? Zach Cunningham or or Nicholas Morrow. I think Nicholas has put himself in that conversation. I think he deserves to be in that conversation. He hasn't played poorly. I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to pile on Nicholas Morrow. I think he's helped by playing behind a great front. And he looks better because he's playing behind a great front. That's you know, I think he's played well. Yeah, but, but I think that's that's the way the Eagles kind of look at it. That's why they got Nicholas Morrow and gave him no money. That's why they were able to pick up Cunningham off the scrap heap weeks into preseason when every team in the league had months to sign him. They just believed that you can drop in a linebacker behind that defensive line yeah. and anybody can get the job done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to a certain extent, they're being proven right. Um, now, I don't think they played as well as – you do so i i think they could value the position a little bit more and i've said pretty consistently i think they've taken it too far um and i think nicobe dean doesn't have to worry uh about his job as some are insisting um he's by far the best linebacker on this team 
Um, and I think that remains true. Now, I have questions about durability issues. I think those are real with with Nicobe. But, yeah, I got asked that question. I was a little taken aback by Seth asking me that question. Like, is Cunningham and, and Nicholas Morrow going to take Nicobe Jean's job? I mean, no. Uh, no. I, no. <laughs> do, do you think that they'll use a more three rotational guy though um that they'll play all of them or do you think one of them is going to be the odd man out whoever it is and Seth thinks it could be Nicobe Dean you think it could be someone else um do you think that there's any chance that it's kind of a rotational thing and all their snaps are similar no, I, I, I don't. I think, well, Nicobe's going to be the guy, and then it's a matter of who the weak side guy is next to him. Um, Zach, you know, Nicholas is, is is chasing Zach for that job. Now, if they were different types of players, but they're both, their weaknesses probably coverage. Um, and, and Zach is probably better equipped long-term because he's long, um, and at least he can – very smart player. At least he can get his uh, long arms in the way of the occasional throw. So I still think he's probably going to end up on top. But I think it's fair to say that Nicholas Morrow has opened up that conversation. Of will he be a better option than Zach Cunningham? But yeah, I think I think Nicobe is still the guy. Um, as do I, but Nicobe better hit the ground running, come back in and, and be playing well. Uh, otherwise, I the 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 Eagles with their linebacker play for me yesterday made it a viable, questionable conversation. I got no if if I were in uh, your spot and Seth was asking me that question, yes, I would have said that's a fair question. Um, I think Nicobe gets plugged right back in as soon as he's ready to go. But he better play to a specific level. Otherwise, they they may be flexible. I don't think the, Nicobe gets that job and they uh, just uh, he's locked in for that position for the rest of the year. I think he's actually got to play to uh, keep his job. The other linebackers, all three of them, putting uh, some pressure on each other. All right, he's John McMahon. I'm Jordan McDonald. We are the Magamac Bird Street 65 guys scheduled to join us next. Chris Franklin from NJ.com usually comes on the day after an Eagle game. The undefeated Eagles. Keep telling yourself that, Eagle fans. The undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. We'll come back and talk to Chris Franklin next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Bridge 365, day after Eagle victory. With John McMullen, I'm Jerry McDonald. Joining us is our boy, Chris Franklin from NJ.com. And in the background, we got the T for Trenton. Remember, Trenton makes the world takes. Uh, so we thank Chris for helping. What, you never heard that before? Yeah, I have, yeah. I'm actually in Mullica Hill. I'm, yeah. I'm in the South Jersey Times team. I'm, yeah. I'm down Mark Hill. Times. Why did I think the T was for Trenton? Yeah. I write for there too, but it shows up in there. But yeah, this is uh, the T from the old Gloucester Times building. So that's why they still they took it from there. County okay. Times. I thought it was yeah. for Trenton. My bad. Uh, but no birds, which <laughs> yeah. kind of stinks. Uh, with the, <laughs> the only birds are me and McMullen. Eagle birds, not uh, <laughs> Franklin birds in the backyard. Uh, so glad, glad you're inside in front of a T, whatever the hell it stands for. Uh, could T stand for timeout? Yeah, Jody, keep talking about the undefeated Eagles, but they really could have lost that game. If if Riverboat Rod had them hanging and went for a two-point conversion and converted, Philadelphia Eagles lose that game yesterday. How do you look at the game, Chris Franklin? They did luck out, I think, in that aspect. I th- really, I was surprised they really didn't go for two because I think they had all yeah. the momentum on their side. It looked like the defense was a little bit shell shocked at the end. They're gassed. They 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 were having that whole entire drive with it going down a field like that. I really thought they should, they should have gone for two, and I thought they it was a very good chance that they could have. But especially the way they were actually getting timely runs, they weren't just the commanders weren't just like basically going down the field and ramming the ball down the throw times. But when they needed the first down, they were able to get it. So I, I put that that loss was that, that that loss was all on Ron Rivera, in my opinion, for the commanders. Yeah, I, I would have went for it, and I have, but I, I, if I could rip it off as like a an old school military uniform, that nickname, I'd rip it off Ron Rivera. I'd rip off Riverboat. <laughs> Can't call him that anymore. Nope. that's embarrassing. You got to try to steal that game. <laughs> but uh, since we're birds three sixty five, I want to talk about the Eagles coaching staff and their decision. So second and four from the Washington twenty eight one forty nine left. 
The commanders have one timeout. Jalen Hurts, I believe, checked to that on his own. Uh, touchdown to A.J. Brown. Should they have just run the ball and whittled the time off and said, all right, let's get out of here with the Jake Elliott field goal? Where are you on how they handled that situation? I would have gone, I would have done the same thing personally. And the reason why I would have done that is because I think when you look at what you have on this defense and you expect them to be able to make a stop, especially against Sam Howe, they weren't able to do that, which was did, 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 a little concerning. Did you watch the first 59 minutes of the game? Sam Howe, Sam Howe moved it pretty damn well against the defense, and you're praising here, Chris Franklin. Hey, I'm looking at it. When it comes to Sam Howe, I still think that the Eagles made him look a little bit better than what he really was. But I think when he come down to that last drive, he should have been – that, that last drive should never happen. They should have been able to stop him a couple times. And I look at that, and I'm just like, you know, that's – it's concerning to me, especially when you – if this was, say, the Dolphins, if this is the Bills or something else, we're talking about a loss here. So I don't have a problem with them going for a touchdown because that defense should have – Stopped him. Uh, you should have confidence in your defense with all those. And AJ shouldn't get had the awning penalty to make things easier. Uh, that was the bigger key, yeah. Because then you got to push him back. Yeah, that that probably cost. That probably was another five, ten, like two or three plays they would have had to run to even get down to the to the to the end zone. So yeah, that was all. That was all I had. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, when you talk about uh, that particular sort of aspect and then you get to overtime i thought two things i thought at the end of regulation it was pretty clear that uh after sam howell realized his mistake and threw short of the end zone either eric the enemy got in his ear or whatever and said this has got to go to the end zone and it's pretty clearly washington was looking at all right wherever josh job is that's where the ball's going and it was a heck of a throw. It wasn't like it was terrible coverage. It was a good throw by Sam Howell. Long term, though, Chris, they got to fix this secondary, don't they? You can't keep piecemealing with James Bradbury in the slot. I, I, I don't think that's going to work. I think you, you may have to go back to having Bradbury just go outside like because he's just too valuable right now. I understand if it was more of a short-term thing, yeah, I get this, but more and more you're starting to see it now. Or have the guy who – who's more familiar with it in the middle. I don't know. I, I keep hearing like Ringo playing safety and stuff like that and moving him possibly in there. I mean, you hear other guys, you Sidney Brown was in there beforehand and everything else. Yeah. I think you just need to get, change it up. So you got to change things up because it's, it seems like it's going to continually to pick them apart. And it's going And I look at Joe, he's done well at times. You see the physicality and you see where he can become. But they're picking on him right now, and teams are going to continue to pick on him. Knowing that, see, do I go Darius Slay or go Josh Joe? I want to go Josh over all those times. I want to get your take on this, John. I debated it a little bit here for the first hour and changed the show. Acknowledging ahead of time, one affects the other. The defensive line affects the linebackers. Linebackers affect the safety. The safeties and the D-backs are affected by the defensive line and the pressure. We get it. Across the, the every single game, every single play, 11 guys are there as a unit, but we break them down into separate units on top of it. If you stand alone and not acknowledge and or hold it against other units as to how they play, secondary linebackers, Eagles defensive line, ranked the way that they played for you yesterday, one, two, and three. I look at the linebackers as one. 
I think Nick Morrow, the way that he stood out, the way he stepped up since coming back, I look at him, I think that was good. Defensive line probably be number two and secondary would be three. And I look at the way the defensive line did. I, they got pressure, but it looked like it was uncontrolled pressure at times where you expect, like, how, like, you expect, like, the D tackle sometimes to, to, to not let them to open up that hole in the middle. And the ends lost contain in there as well, too. They weren't able to sack it. They should have had at least two or three more sacks than they should than they, they wound up with. So I look at that. And then the secondary overall, I just look at that, especially on the back end. I had, I thought there's too many issues that were going on in there. And I mean, Terry McLaurin's a really good receiver. John Dotson is an up and coming one, but there are guys that you should be able to contain. Here's why I say the uh, defensive line was worse than the secondary yesterday. I'm grading on a curve because the defense secondary is down. How many guys? No Brown yesterday, no Maddox yesterday, uh, no Evans yesterday. Uh, so they're missing three key components going into the game. Who was the defensive line missing? Nobody. And, oh, by the way, the Eagles defensive line is supposed to be the best unit in all of football. And they didn't play like it yesterday. So if you factor in grading on a curve as per expectations, I actually thought their defensive line was the weakest unit they had. Fair, fair point. But at the same time, I look at them, I, I look at the – the way that they were trying to, like the way they were trying to attack them, I don't know. I don't put so. I think it's just more. It, it was more of a discipline when it came to the rush. I think that was the main thing. That that was the main thing I looked at. I took away from that. And the secondary part, I, I get what you're saying, especially with not now having Brown in there. It, it's some issues, but you still look at a guy. You still look at the guys they have in there, and they're still talented enough to beat this. They're they're the Eagle secondary. Talent-wise, is better than watching Commanders. They didn't play like it yesterday, though. They really didn't. All right, let's talk about those linebackers, Chris. Middle, split the difference. Um, and Nick Morrow, man, playing well. You know, he gets the safety in Tampa. He's got three sacks. I looked it up. He had 3,600 career snaps at four coming into that game. Gets three in this game. Um, Seth Joyner who knows a little bit about linebacker play asked me on our post game show. And I admit I was taken aback. Um, is he playing, playing well enough to usurp Nicobe Dean? I said, no way, no way. Seth. um, is he playing well enough to keep himself in this lineup? I think he is. And the fact that you, he'd be good on third downs. I, I think Dean's more Dean's supposedly uh, is like supposed to be their third down their three down linebacker, but the way he's playing right now, I'd probably when Dean comes back play him first and second downs and runs get him get the set in defense and then bring Morrow in a third down because he gives you that ability not only to rush the passer if you want to blitz him, but also still be able to cover sideline to sideline and still be effective in doing that. So I don't think he's I don't think he should be the full time starter when he comes back, but I think there's ways they should be able to incorporate him into that defense because he's still his skill set. It, it lends itself to do pretty well. And, and I think he plays well with Cunningham. I, I just think he does. All right. Even in a game that they had to win in overtime, I think a lot of Eagle fan spears were late a little bit because Jalen hurts threw the football really well yesterday. Uh, those who, well, what happened to the passing game? Great job Swift, but we used to be able to throw the ball for 300 yards every single week. He threw it for 300 yards yesterday. So I'm here to sing 
uh, Jalen Hurts with praises, except for one aspect, and that's his running the football. I had one thing of beauty, 24-yard run, looked like the Jalen of last year, but he also had a couple of plays where he's sliding and not getting first downs. The tush push is still great. I get it. But it seems like the running game of his, the RPO game, is is the coordinator just calling more RPO runs or is Jalen just not taking the ball back and keeping it himself more? Uh, he has not been uber impressive. Part of what made him the MVP runner-up last year was his ability to make plays with his legs. Has not been a big factor in the first four weeks for the Eagles. Why? When he looks at the zone read part of it, it's, it's, I think it's just the way they're trying to basically they're forcing him to give the ball up. They're like the way the way they're trying to play the, the read. They rather try to get in the middle. Which to me, I was like, okay, why are you gig forcing to get the ball to DeAndre Swift the way he's running right now? Yeah. That's just ah, that's, that's not on that one. But I also think it just looks it just looks like he's trying to be make a more concerted ver- uh, attempt to just slide and everything. And I I don't know what's I don't know if it was told that, hey, you know, protect yourself more. Hey, uh, you need to, we need you around for the full season, but that around the corner, just not as effective. It's not that same spark that he, that he's had, that he had last year and, and getting around the corner. And I understand, hey, I understand sliding more to protect yourself, but it, it's something, it's part schematic that they want to give him, get forced out on, but also when it comes to him running, it's just, it's off right now. It, it truly isn't. I, I don't know. I don't think you have. I don't think you need to run quarterback sweeps like you've run the old student body and just have them do that. But it's it's a little off. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is a little bit off. And I think you're right. I think opposing just certainly in the first three weeks. I mean, there was a clear sort of game plan from all three of those guys to say, "All right, we're not going to let Jalen Hurts beat us uh, in the running game," um, and we'll see if that continues. Now. In the before times, we used to say this was the quarter pole of the season. We can't say that anymore. Just stupid 17 games. games. (laughs) Nonetheless, Chris, in the passing game, which, yeah, I think Jody's right. I think everybody breathes a sigh of relief. AJ's just beaten up on poor Emmanuel Forbes. Um, Devontae Smith making big plays again. They can't get Dallas Goddard involved. This is four games now. What at what point do we press the panic button there? It's all they're all try, all they're trying to do is take away the middle of the field. Defenses are really trying to take away that middle of the field. And it's going to be it's it's going to the point where now you feel like you have to almost force him to get if you take him touches, you have to run tight end screens and and, and little slants when he's running a slot because all, they're just compounding everything in the middle because they used to be so effective when it comes to those crossing routes, those meshes, and everything else that teams are like. You ain't beating us with that because you're not getting ahead of steam on that. So we want you to go vertical, and they're doing it, stopping away from the middle. So unless you start trying to change stuff where you put maybe uh, Brown or or, uh, Smith in the slot more and you have him on the outside, try to get a matchup at corner, which to me, I'm I'm not the biggest fan for him for doing that, but you may have to do that to at least try to get him some targets. So, But at least if they don't get anything done – Especially against against his Rams defense, a, and then we, in the next couple against the Jets eventually too, I'm I'm really going to start raising the, the ringing the alarm. I both of you guys were there yesterday, so I don't know if you actually saw it, but it was well reported. Cam Jurgens leaves in a walking boot after the yep. game. Um, he went out close to half. 
Yeah, uh, I know Sua Peta took 60-plus percent of the snaps yesterday. And as far as I could tell, did a nice job. Uh, no different for me in watching the game. Uh-oh, wow, Jerkins is out. They got a hole I on the I thought they played line. better, actually, when uh, Sua came in. But, uh, you know, I yeah, I thought he held up pretty well. Is he the unquestioned guy being plugged in there? Because all we talked about in preseason was, well, is it going to be Jergens or Tyler Steen? Jergens or Tyler Steen? Well, yesterday, Tyler Steen inactive. Opeta up, steps in, plays well. If Jergens is going to miss some time, is it a given that Opeta's uh, the new right guard? I think so. I think so. Because and, and to me, I always be shocked because if you asked me before the season, I probably thought Jack Driscoll probably would have been that guy, but he looks more to be the backup swing tackle now. But I like the way that the way that Opeta came in and stepped up. I, I was shocked, and I I got to give him credit because when you look at what in previous years when he would come in, the pass blocking was the biggest question you had about him because he always would get beat inside and that, and then he's like he's fixed it. At least he did this week, and I think he did a lot better. And I think he's warranted the chance to be able to start. Now it's going to be like one of those. Hey, welcome. You, congratulations. You get to start. Here's Aaron Donald. Enjoy. Ooh, Which is yeah. going to be a uh, uh, thought that yeah. far in advance. You had to bring yeah. that up, uh, Chris Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, he'll be really tested. They'll probably give him help. I mean, you have to give him help because yeah. you don't want him that much. You have to give him help because you know Aaron Donald is that good of a player. But for at least for him being able to step in the way he played technique wise, and, and he was pardon the pun, but he was very stout. Now you mentioned, and you're right. I mean, it, it's and you know how people overreact. Whoever, whomever, um, Tyler Steen, uh, Jack Driscoll, Sue Opeta, Cam Jurgens, insert name, mm-hmm. Zach Martin. They're going to have trouble against Aaron Donald. That's how good Aaron Donald is. Uh, so it's not necessarily about this week for me. But long term, you know how this works, Chris. You got a plan coming into the game, and you mentioned Jack Driscoll. Well, he's the, the swing tackle coming in. The, you know, Tyler Steen um, uh, isn't active. Now you, you get to prepare. You can have these conversations. Well, is Jack the better way to go? Is Tyler the better way to go? Or is Sue the better? Do you think they 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 seriously consider a different route than Suo Peta or no, that's just the way we're going to go. I think that's going to be the way they, uh, the only other one I'd want to be Jack. That's it. I, Tyler Shane to me is still a little too green. And I think he looked better in the fact that he was getting a lot more snaps at the tackle spot yeah, during he training. Better camp. left tackle. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I he, he's still green. He's, he's still learning that right guard position. So, the only other person I could see taking up over would be Jack Driscoll, but even then, the fact that they threw in, they threw in Opeta right away. Usually, it used to be automatic. Up's coming in, Jack, you go out there and that. But the fact that Opeta has played himself into that into that role, I think he's the one. By the way, the I didn't guy. think about that, but I saw Cam after the game, and I saw him in the walking boot. You yeah. didn't think he saw Aaron Donald on the schedule and say, "Let me put on this one." <laughs> <laughs> That's the best case in that. I'm joking, by the way. <laughs> cough, Cam cough. Oh, no, I had the flu. No, nah, Cam, uh, Cam's one of those gamers, man. He, he wouldn't do that, but that, the timing stinks for him. I know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, there was a story floating around after the game yesterday um, that uh, Derek Barnett's agent 
is lobbying for the flexibility to check out if there's a trade available for Derek Barnett at this stage as we head toward the trade deadline. Just strike my memory a little bit here. Haven't we gone down this road? Didn't the Eagles grant Derek Barnett and his agent the ability to go out and see if there was any trade for him prior to the start of the season before they cut the roster down and they found nothing? Uh, Let's see. What has Derek Barnett done through four games? Nothing. So why would there now be a trade market for Derek Barnett? Is this just a complete agent-created story? Especially with the necessity. It's hard to believe we're only a few weeks away from the trade deadline. So you need so with these teams as they as we've seen the attrition that's happening around the league with some of these injuries, is he going to be one of the top names? I don't think top, he will. Top, I, that's what, that's top, what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying. Names? I don't think he will Name. at all. I know. <laughs> I'm the Eagles. I'm going to ask for six oranges. I'm going to settle for three. That's what I would trade Derek for. <laughs> It's one of those I maintain, things. Where... I still maintain they will get a late round pick for Derek Barnett. There are so many bad defensive lines out there. Somebody will pull the trigger if the Eagles want to move on. Um, I think he's on his roster. I think yeah. he stays. Uh, he's going to stay. And it's, you know, he, I know I understand it's frustrating, but you got to play your way in, especially with the, uh, this defensive line is deep. And, I know he's got a lot of incentives that he has to hit, but it's just going to be tough to hit him the way that everybody's rolling through it now. No, yeah. And by the way, what do you, we we were discussing that a little bit. I I was not as disappointed in the defensive front as others. When you look at it individually, not Derek, but um, I thought Brandon Graham played well. I thought Jalen Carter still impacted the game even though it wasn't on the stat sheet you know Hassan Reddick finally got home I thought Josh Sweat had a nice bounce back um from the Tristan Wirfs game who's a really good player um why did it not manifest itself on the stat sheet or do you think the the commanders put up 31 points you gotta factor that in too I thought that you know I, the one thing I, I, the one thing I didn't understand what the enemy was doing. I thought it was working well early on, getting the ball out to the flats and, and, and getting the ball quickly. And we saw that, especially with a court with a quarterback who stays in there, who's been hit a lot already and been sacked a lot. It's just it was just I think it's just a matter of the lack of contain. It was a lack of contain, lack of discipline in the rush lanes, and lack of discipline on the outside. I mean, don't get wrong. You've, if I'm seeing a sack, I know because given how much you get paid for sacks and the bonuses and everything else, yeah, I'd go for it too. I'd try to run it out, but it just looks like they all going and they forgot. He just stepped up, made one move, and just eluded them. And actually, you know, he, he had everybody he, else for man. He, he can hurt. move, Sam Howell. He can move. Um, yeah. I I I was impressed by Sam Howell. I give Ed Kratz credit for that one. He was on ground floor of Team Sam Howell. I was pretty impressed. I think. Uh, He's got a chance to be a pretty good quarterback. Um, All right, and I so thought let, he had a nice Let me get you on the record in. here, Johnny Mac, both you and Ed Kratz. And we'll have Ed Kratz on uh, next week. Who does Washington play this upcoming week? I don't. I uh, look it up uh, real quick. I think they're Thursday, aren't Are they against the Bears on Thursday? Uh, I know the Bears play Thursday. You're right about that. Let me punch up. Yep. Command, Bears, Commanders. Yep. 
Bears, Bears commanders. commanders. All right. So against that god awful Bears defense, and I, I watched a little of it yesterday. They're <laughs> terrible. TJ Edwards at all are just awful. Sam Howell going for 300 next week. He's going to go back to back. He should be, if he is this new found star quarterback in the league. I didn't he say he was go. a star. I, thought, I said he's got a chance. I was pretty impressed with him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, why not? Bears are terrible. Yeah. They're a dumpster uh, fire. I got 275. I'll put, it, with three I'll put, it, I'll put it at 275. 300 tough. They might be able – you know why, Jody? I go a little bit lower because they'll probably be able to run the ball against Chicago as well. So you, that'll you can pick and choose the way you want to move the ball against. Yeah, the exactly. Bears. You can do whatever you want. Pass. So uh, <laughs> that might affect uh, the passing game. Oh, but we should bring uh, Terry McLaurin. What uh, did the Eagles get helped out by the lack of prime time extra video, or was that the greatest? Uh, the best play uh, of Marcus Mariota, his head getting in the way of the one angle, um, helping the Eagles win. Where are you on the Terry McLaurin catch in overtime or non-catch? I had no problem with it. <laughs> it was, they, they benefited from that, surely. I thought, it was a, I thought personally I thought it was a catch, but so did I, 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 thought I, I thought it was a catch. It. And thought it. the fact is, it was like, Okay, all right, whatever. That was you know, but I, I I thought it was a catch. And so overall, he just kills his team every year in the year out. He's that good of a wide receiver, and I just feel bad. I feel bad for him in a way that he didn't have. He hasn't had a, a legitimate quarterback that he could build real chemistry with. Maybe that's with how he does that now. But I, it, if you look at the enemy's offenses, and I forget who I was talking to about this. I forget who I talked about this. Maybe it's Slay, somebody else said. When you look at the enemy's offices, he usually has that one guy that he goes to. Like it was Tyree Kill when he was in with the Chiefs. It was like, yeah, it's like Tyree Kill with the Chiefs. And they usually have that one guy. He could turn into a he's not the burner that Hill is, but he can be a, an effective wide receiver in the system. And I said this before the season, I really think they could be a seven season sneak in if they get on a on a run. They're that good of a team. It's just the Eagles should have dominated more than what he's had. This should, it should have never been this close because the Eagles should be a one seed or two seed, and you shouldn't be that close with a seven seed, especially this early in the season. With revenge on their mind, because Washington beat them in their house last year. What's the record of Jalen Hurts as a starter, John, in the regular season? Uh, well, his overall record, I don't have it. He's 21 of the 21. past 22. They've won. 21 and one. Starter. He's the got the best. He's got the best record for a starting quarterback since 2021. So even if you go the whole season. And that one regular season loss was to the Commanders last year yeah. at Lincoln Financial Field. So the Eagles should have been playing with revenge on their mind yesterday. They sneak out with a victory, a victory just the same. Um, I'll give them their props for getting to 4-0. and But you, you remind me, Aaron Donald on the offing next week. Um, yes, it's going to be on Jason Kelsey and whoever they decide to plug in there. Any other fields with threat? You're going to... You gonna stay up nights watching film on Puka Nakoa, the yeah, uh, new star wide receiver. You have to. There have for to. 500 yards in four weeks. And you get Cooper Cup supposedly coming back as well too next week. So the secondary better get stuff together right away because 
the two of them is, is it's not a flashy, flashy offense, is but it's one of those things that where Trump is coming back. Is that official or is he just? Eligible? I was watching last night. They said that they expect him. To, they expect him to play. He's not official yet, but they expect him to play next week. So it's he's getting closer and closer. And if he plays, he he should he shouldn't be gangbusters right off the bat. But he can be if he's even effective enough. This game could be this because we could be watching the. Uh, and Another now, uh, game. evidently, Another. Matthew Stafford got pretty dinged up in in the game yesterday. So, yeah, like a hip, with a hip flexor, some pointer, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. which <laughs> which for the Eagles, thankfully, is not a mobile quarterback. At least you know with him, he's pretty much going to be stationary for the most part. So that should that should help the defensive line at least. Yeah, but he can sling it, man. Oof. I mean, yeah. He's going to go <laughs> if he's healthy. He's going to go after Josh Job. There's going to be a target. Uh, and he's got, especially if Cup is out there, um, he's got a few targets. This could be a more difficult game than people realize for the Eagles if if Matthew Stafford's healthy, um, and that's a big if. We'll have to see as the as the week goes on. Um, I'll leave it here with you at C Franklin News. Make sure you follow Chris. Does a tremendous job all over the Trenton Times as well. Um, all over South Jersey. T for Trenton. NJ.com. Um, T for Gloucester uh, Township. Is it Gloucester Township? It was the Gloucester County Times. Gloucester yeah. Times. Right. Home of the Rupert Franks. There you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jake Elliott. We, we got to talk about Jake. The MVP of the Philadelphia Eagles, Jake Elliott. I saw him kick a 72-yard field goal in practice last week. Uh, 54 when he was on, when he was trotting on the field, any doubt that Jake Elliott was making that field goal? Because I was like, eh, this game's over. Game's over. No, I, I thought he's one of those guys where you just go, you know what? Yeah, it, especially if, if it's. I'd probably be more worried if it was like 40-41, just because of what happens in the past beforehand, where it seems like he, he he used to hook it, but now back from like from fifty plus, he's like, yeah. I got no problem. The only time I start, I start to try worries like if he's trying to kick a sixty-five in a hole, and that's where like, all right, maybe that's his range. But he's shown like when you watch him pregame, it's it's crazy because you're looking like, oh, he's I can't make this one, especially in that one in the end zone. That's five nine okay. one sixty-seven, and he's bad. yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's amazing. And that's and he the fact he kicked that into the tougher end because it's tougher to kick towards that end of the stadium than the other one, just because of that one too. The fact he was able to get it with that much leg. Yeah, getting the guy is good, and he, he, he's he. When you look at now, all the, the I, now, I asked Jake good. that because I always get mixed up. I asked Jake that after the game. He said that way's the easier way because it's closed. <laughs> it's closed. It's enclosed. Whereas the side of the stadium pointed towards Center City is open, and there's more swirl. There's more opportunities for swirling winds. Uh, that's the thought process. I believe that, yeah. It seems like every time he goes down that way, he's had the issues. I'm like, what the heck? This kid, I just don't understand. Like, how do you walk in knowing that everybody and their mom's watching you? You're trying to get in. Oh, yeah, if you don't make this kick, yeah, uh, we're going to probably tie the commanders, which we're always going to He just comes in every single pressure situation. It's just, he bails, he knocks them in. My only concern was that if they had missed the field goal, my concern was actually for Braden Mann. Because he was going to get blamed for it. The hold was going to <laughs> If he didn't make that kick yet, it was going to be on the holder. Kind of like if Chris Franklin does a bad job recapping the game. He does yeah. so because he's worried John McMullen's going to spill coffee on him. 
that you, at some point you just got to put put it where it belongs on the actual individual. But with uh, by with, by the way, Braden man, he's the exact same as Aaron Sipas. He's he can't punt, but he's a good holder. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he had that one. He had that one punt that was decent. Yeah, but like there was another one. Those first two. The first. Yeah. The first ones was like. Uh, here we go. Get a again. lot of hang time. Uh, no. he, he does not. Uh, he had the one play. nice punt. He did have yeah. one one good punt and two not so good punts. Yeah. And that was his thing. He was supposed to bring coming in and give better hang time. And it happened so far. Not, not so far. <laughs> Chris Franklin, thank you very much for coming in with us today. Tell Gloucester Times, tell Trenton Times, tell your birds we said hi. Thank you much for jumping in with us today, big guy. Thanks. Oh, thanks. I'll, I'll pass the messages along. Thanks. <laughs> here with us on Birds 365. All right, got to come back, put a bow on the show. Last segment of Birds 365. Hey, before you go, I know you're going to run out of here. Hit that like button. Give us a little love. Hey, much like the Eagles, Mac and Mac. Well, that would be just flat out BS. I don't know that we're undefeated, but we're here for you every day at least, right? We show up. We show up every single day. That's and right. We'll come back and we'll put a bow on the show. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
Mac and Mac guys here on Bird 365. Gonna put the bow on the show. Uh, Sirianni availability today? What time? Uh, one, one ish on Zoom, not Zoom live for Sirianni at yeah, one yeah. o'clock. Uh, we heard him yesterday after the game. I'm sure there are more things that uh, you guys can get into today. And then Monday Night Football actually matters to Eagles fans tonight because it is an NFC East team in action that would be the giants hosting the seahawks that was my best bet of the weekend as a matter of fact i think the seahawks are going in there winning by at least a touchdown if not double digit points and they're only a point and a half favorite johnny mac um they they get uh adams back this week uh, i still say seattle is got a chance to by the end of the year be considered right there with the Lions and the Cowboys as the third best team behind the Eagles and the 49ers. You think Giants can pull an upset tonight? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm, 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 I think Seattle, I'm with you, a better team. You know, I'm not, I, I don't think the Giants are very good, but this league, you know, was so um, herky-jerky from week to week. Uh, I think the Giants are almost due for a, a decent performance. (laughs) They can't be, I didn't think they were this bad the way they played early in the season. Um, They have good players. I say that about every NFL team, you know, every, every team has really good players and they, at some point they have to play a little bit better. Um, Who are the giants really good players right now? Well, Saquon, uh, who's obviously injured. Dexter Lawrence is a tremendous player. They have, they have their their defense and their defensive front as a whole is pretty good. Kayvon Thibodeau hasn't played well. At some point, it's got to click in for him. He's too talented. Um, uh, uh, Williams, I mean, they have they, 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 Xavier McKinney's a really good player. Uh, they're, they're, you know, offensively, Darren Waller, uh, they, you know, I, I'm not in love with their offensive line, but Andrew Thomas has turned into a good player. Um, the receivers, I'm, I'm not in love with, and uh, I'm not a big Daniel Jones fan. I don't think they're a good team, but I don't think they're as bad as the way they played early in the season. My Eagles commander's prediction was 30-17, to 17, right along with our buddy uh, Damo, uh, who made the pick on Friday before I did. And I looked at my sheets, got the same exact score that I did. All right. It didn't turn out 30 to 17. The commander scored more points than I thought they were going to. But I like that score. So I'll give you the same exact score tonight. Seattle goes into New York and beats the Giants 30 to 17. Uh, so uh, I, I think the Giants. I just got a be... feeling they're going to play a little bit better. Uh, but, you know, they play. They should. A, a press time point, game in been... their house, it should be. That's the reason yeah, why it's the, only a this point, point and They played so poorly. Um, I don't blame anyone for not. Uh, believing in them and i'm i'm one of the ones who said they they didn't self-evaluate well because they thought they were better than they really are but they're not this bad i i gotta believe something clicks at some point no here's what i see from the giants they played three games which is six halves they played one good half so far out of six oh it's been awful second half against arizona they came back won the game give them credit because it's a w 
but they weren't good. Uh, they're they're in the conversation for being the worst team in football early in the season. That's how bad they've been. And as a matter of fact, I know we got to go. I want to look real quick. And they haven't put the the new grades up for this week. But coming into this week, um, yeah, PFF has them thirty two of thirty two, worse yeah. than Denver. That's how poorly they played. And for those who want to say, yeah, but they lost to Dallas and San Francisco. I'm telling you, yeah, tonight they're playing Seattle. And I think Seattle's that good. I, my my prediction, my selection has more to do with thinking Seattle is that good than the Giants are the worst team in football. I don't think they're the worst team in football. I think they're in the bottom 10, and that makes I this think the they might, Certainly in the bottom five. They have dead last. They're certainly in the bottom five right now. But I don't think they're a bottom five team. I think you're right. They're bottom 10 team. Right. Um, and that, that should be enough for Seattle to get a at least touchdown, if not double-digit win tonight, which means the Giants will be one and three. Uh, and we'll talk about that tomorrow after we get the results of tonight's game. Johnny Mack will be on the uh, Zoom with uh, Coach Sirianni today, and we'll dissect some of the things he has to say. And good on Chris Franklin for reminding us Oh, that Aaron Donald guy's coming up on Sunday. I had, hadn't done the look-ahead thing. Yeah, that's some bad Aaron luck, Donald. by the way, to lose one of your starting guards the same week Aaron Donald shows up. Yeah. And the injuries have been tougher this year. And But what do we say to start the show? We'll say at the end it, Jody. 4-0. Don't forget that, that they are 4-0. And that uh, Sewell had a living up to that Tesla stock quote of uh, – Jason Kelsey, he played well, filled in, didn't even notice there was an injury on the offensive line. He's going to have to be Tesla-like against Aaron Donald on Sunday. But that we got all week to talk about that. We will start it tomorrow, 22 hours from now. Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.